Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From Signe Bauman's comes a new award-winning animated feature about a spirited young woman determined to find love in a bewildering world. My love affair with marriage follows Zelma on her 23-year quest for perfect love and a lasting marriage set against the backdrop of historic events in Eastern Europe. A wonderful film. I just absolutely, the animation is so creative and clever. I love that about the film. And there's also many, many things in this wonderful film that you will be able to, you will be thinking about long after you've seen it. And with that, Joining us today is Signe Bauman, the director, writer, producer. I know you did an animator. Uh, so many things on this film, My Love Affair with Marriage. Welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be here. And uh, I'm very happy to connect with you again. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Rocks in My Pockets was a film that, um, for me, it was an animation style that I wasn't used to seeing here. I mean, we have a very disney disneyfied world the of view of animation and now over the last 30 years animation has expanded in so many different ways and your style uh, i i just love your style so l- let's talk about the origin of where um my love affair with marriage started how did it come to you it's interesting because you mentioned style and i was wondering if you were asking me where my style is coming from. yeah well there you well let's okay. go there let's start there where do because i i've seen animated uh artists here in the united states that there are similarities bill uh, plimpton comes to mind is that but go ahead i'm sorry i'm, I'm jumping ahead yeah um so i am uh, self-taught uh i i never studied art i uh, i studied actually philosophy for five years at the moscow state university and uh so for me uh i draw the way i breathe it's like it's a natural it's a handwriting it's like uh it's very uniquely kind of mine i express myself through drawing so uh so i i can't really say that i have a, a some i could do other styles i cannot do any other style except for my style because i have never been trained to be an artist but after i graduated uh, from philosophy i uh just somehow by accident i went into animation and by the necessity i had to draw and learn what is animation and how to animate drawings and over years i became better and better and better I'm not saying that I'm good, but I'm better than what it was when I started out. But the huge influence uh, on me, on on the visual approach, is it's um, uh, is uh, first of all Eastern European uh, political posters, you know, like or movie posters, like poster poster art. I don't know if you you are familiar with that particular culture, but it is like. Uh, concepts encapsulated in like in like complicated concepts encapsulated in one image and not only just one image but they also had a subversive twist under if you looked long enough at the political poster created by a, Euro- a eastern european you could notice their 
anti-regime message, but you had to long, you had to lo look long enough, and you had to have a certain imagination, and that was kind of appealing to me because it, it imagination is all there is, I think, for humans, you know, because it's a, it's an interesting kind of, I think we are very unique as human as species, you know, like we can imagine things and we can, you know, I think the imagination has to be fostered and and cared for and these posters really definitely strike my imagination in a particular way and the other influence uh, around that at the time when i started was illustration work uh, of uh lithuanian polish uh illustrator stasis idrigavichus and uh and again it was just like these mysterious strange surreal images and they were childlike at the same time they were totally adult grown-up content where you looked deep enough you could look over and over again because that one image struck you as a mystery that you that was encapsulating the mystery of the world you know so you were like I was like young and I kept looking at these images and they definitely influenced me and then of course another influence again is from Eastern Europe is Jan Schwankmeier uh, the great uh, Czech stop motion animator, and it's just like uh, it's just the surreality and and humor and strangeness, and it is just so amazing. And like every time I see his films, I'm like, I wish I could make film like that, you know. And I can't. It's just like I don't have that ability. And then when I uh, came to United States to New York, and I started. First, first of all, before I went to New York, I was watching MTV, which is like newly arrived to, to Latvia. And I saw first images from MTV, you know, the, the signal films. And there's these images that also struck me amazingly. And it was Bill Plimpton. And when I came to New York, I went to his studio and I met him. And then he offered me to work for him, which is amazing. And so I worked for him on, on a couple of his feature films. And I worked at his studio for about four years and I learned a great deal about how to be an independent animator, how to make films on cheap and how to distribute them, how to, you know, what effort you have to put into connecting your film with audience. So those are probably my four greatest influences that reflect in a visual style. You know, you mentioned Bill Plimpton. Um, his films, as I recall, were also subversive. They also had an undercurrent of adult kind of perspectives on the world in a world that had traditionally been the uh, the playground for the for youth and and children. So, is that am I being fair to to that work? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, the thing is that kind of irks me a little bit is that um, animation by the general audiences, by mainstream audiences, is perceived as, as a genre for, for kids. And so then the, the, the artists who make films for adults, uh, we are kind of put in our ghetto of like film festivals, you know, like, because in a, if you go to film festival, rarely will you see a film for chi child, for children. Yeah. You know, you, you would be, uh, if you go to film festival like Annecy and you go to a big program, you know, the competition program, you would see outrageous stuff directed at uh, grown-ups. And, uh, and so somehow that is like, uh, like a you know a, a niche you know that doesn't ever cross over into the mainstream audience and I think that Bill with his amazing 
talent and ability to comment on our on stereotypes of society you know he partially crossed into the mainstream audience because he's also his work is exposed to more you know wider audiences than let's say mine work or any other animator who does the film festival films you know well, let's talk about the inspiration for My Love Affair with Marriage, because there's a lot of different kind of uh, mythologies in play when we when it comes to marriage. It's a Cinderella complex. There's so much. There's just about, you know, fulfillment of what this expectation is of the perfect woman, the perfect marriage, the perfect ch children and all that. But what inspired you? What? How did this become what we see? So, yes, my personal life, of course, is a great source of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I, although, you know, I think that uh, everything that anybody does is based on something personal because you have to have a personal connection to the material. Yeah. And and so, you know, I think that uh, great directors make uh, films that seem not related to their personal experiences, but they still are somehow connected to their personal lives with their personal feelings and emotions. And so <clears throat> I was married, uh, you know, uh, I had several marriages, two marriages, in fact. I like to say that if you've been married one time, you don't know much about marriage. If you've been married eight times, you don't know nothing about marriage. <laughs> but if you have been married two times, you know just enough. <laughs> <laughs> I have been married two times. And my second marriage was like really this like dramatic, you know, story. And as I was working on rocks in my pockets, I started thinking about my second marriage and I thought it was such a dramatic, like really, like there's so many layers in that story that I really wanted to uh, make my next film about this marriage because it's a dramatic story. And so, uh, and I, so I started to writing down some ideas, sketching them, but I was like, well, it just seems like it's just like I, I because like I'm like a Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> like I, because my one one of my favorite uh, books when I was growing up was Sherlock Holmes books, you know, and I'm totally obsessed with this like rational finding a rational explanation to everything, and I thought I wanted to find out like why did we fall in love? Like really, like I met my second husband and. Six hours later, we were madly in love, like yeah. madly, like so <laughs> madly that we couldn't be separated. We couldn't like, everything was like so heightened and this desperate. So I was like, okay, but what was the thing? Like, why did we fall in love? And why did we have to marry, right? And so I decided to unravel this whole thing, yes. you know, and, and, and just go like, okay, well, I was married before. Oh, wait a minute. But why, where this idea of getting married is coming from? Because the love is feeling, but getting married is an idea. It's a, a concept, right? Where, how is it, how they're related? And as I was unraveling it, I was like, wait a minute, it is connected to our concept of gender, right? Because, you know, you always say, oh, you know, you marry your opposite sex or you fall in love with opposite sex. But why is that connected to gender? Like, what is it? And and what is like, what is my gender in fact, right? So then when you go into this nature versus culture thing, it gets very interesting. And I, I did have to bring a character, biology, you know, uh, to kind of, you know, get to the bottom of what is happening on biological level when you fall in love and out of yeah. love. I mean, just watching 
what we see in this film, My Love Affair with Marriage, the idea, the physiological reaction to a, a meeting another human being, the physical, the 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 way the brain operates. This makes complete sense to me. I mean, I'm, I'm a man. I'm not a well, I'm a man of science. Let's put it that way. I believe science. I believe in it. And I, and I believe when that science gets it wrong, they correct themselves and they do things that are an evolving situation. Nothing's set in stone. And then you have the other part, which is the culture, which is basically set in stone. It's the this is the rule book. This is what we have to do. And this is the other part. This is our brain, and our brain is doing something very different than that. And so I, I just love this. I love the idea the way you were able to put these two th ideas, concepts together. And then overarching, we have the the Eastern European experience of under Soviet rule and patriarchy. I mean, those those two are connected, right? In some way, patriarchy and and and, uh, and oppression. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. So you know what really interested me in this film was like, so you know the way how you describe the, the the our brain, our biology, and then the the cultural pressures. The, they're these two humongous rocks <laughs> grinding on individual life. And you like, as an individual, you left just a tiny microscopic space between the two huge rocks. And you're trying to live your best life. You're like, I want, like, I only given one life and I have to live the best to the fullest. How can I do it, you know, with everything I'm given and everything that is like pressing at me. And so this is the, this is what we explore in the film, following the, the young woman trying to live her life to the fullest and, and constantly making mistakes and running into one force or the other that stops her. I love Zelma. I love the. I love so much about her in the sense that she is all in. She's willing to play along because this is, this is biology. This is culture. This is what they. She's been told. She believes in the people that have told her this, and then her kind of her journey. Uh, yeah, she's just a wonderful protagonist in the film. And then her first husband, Sergey. Oh my God, the right Sergey. Um, Sergey is. Just a, an encyclopedia of all the things that you've been told will make you a happy person if you just follow these, follow these rules, right? I, I mean, I hope I'm saying this correctly, but it's beautiful. It's a, it's humor helps people bypass a lot of, you know, kind of barriers inside your brain about things. And this film uses humor judiciously. You use it in a way to make points, but it's also a very dramatic film as well. I, I again, I don't think I have a question. I just like the blend of what you were able to do. I, I just want to compliment you, Thank you on on finding that balance in this film. Yeah, no, as an Eastern European, I do have to make sure that I I, ha I have to laugh because life can be really miserable, and I think that laughing about your misfortunes or laughing about anything is like a good remedy. It's just the same way how in uh, Rocks in My Pockets, uh, the, the film about depression, I always said the tagline was a funny film about depression. Because it's like, I cannot make a, a depressing film about depression because it would be unwatchable. <laughs> I think that humor is something that helps humans to survive 
being yeah. you know to, to live on this earth and also to connect with other people there are there were screenings when uh you know when uh, the film started and the first moment when Zelmar and Sinan leaves the track of mud on the on the carpet people start laughing and then they just don't stop laughing until the end because it's just uh, you know it, it's just that uh, yeah you, you laugh and you cry and you sing along and it's like what what else a movie can give you, you know? Well, as a filmmaker, you're you're essentially saying to the audience, "I'm I'm giving you permission to laugh. You you should yes. you, you, there should be an expectation that some of this you hopefully will find fun to be funny and humorous, and you can laugh laugh out loud." Um, I haven't done this enough, so I want to make sure people know how to, they can watch the film. It's coming here to Los Angeles beginning on October twelfth at the Lemley Royal. That'll be in Los Angeles, and then on the thirteenth at the Lemley Glendale, and these are full week runs. And you're going to be in town on October 12th here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Royal. By the way, in case you're wondering, I always say this, 405 Freeway, get off at Santa Monica like you're going to the beach. It's right down the street. You can't miss it um, on the right-hand side there. And uh, Lemley Glendale, one of the newer um, Lemleys in town. So, And you'll be there on the 13th through the 15th for Q&As. And I assume those are like the 7 or 7.30 screenings, right? probably right around yes. that. Yeah. yeah, seven, seven. I think seven o'clock. Seven twenty. Yeah, seven, <laughs> seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be there. And the, uh, one thing that I also want to mention that uh, at the uh, at the Q and A, I will give away three drawings from the film, original drawings, like a you know oh, a paper, yeah. paper. Oh you know, because yes, yes. Uh, because I I did draw uh, drawings on paper and they're all sketched in, assigned. You know. I will give away, I, I do usually a, a short quiz. I ask people questions from the film. And then the first person who raises the hand and answers the question correctly gets a drawing. So, And then uh, producer uh, Sturgis Warner, who is also my partner, he's going to be there. And he will give away uh, a poster from the film. Oh, fantastic. So oh. it's going to be like a really uh, fun event, you know. And I, I am so thrilled and honored to present a film in Los Angeles. The film went to over 90 film festivals it won 23 awards so this is for me the, the to to present the film in a, in los angeles is like a crown you know it's like a it's a topping an ice on the, on the <laughs> cake and hopefully by then all of the strikes will be over we've just settled one of our strikes uh, the, the, right now hopefully we will be you know strike free by the time you get here and well, if we have a strike free strike, a strike, uh, you know, if the strikes are settled, maybe we can have even some of our stars show up. Yeah. We have a spectacular cast. Yeah, it's Matthew Modine, Cameron Monaghan from Shameless, uh, Dagmara Dominchuk from Succession, uh, and uh, Stephen Lang from Avatar. You know, it's a it's like a it's a spectacular cast. I could not be happier for you. I could not because I love the fact that you mentioned Rocks in My Pockets, a, a film about depression, a wonderful film about this young woman. And this one, My Love Affair with Marriage. I, I just, your spirit, it, it it carries into your films. I, I just, I just, I just love your vulnerability, the things that you're willing to talk about, bring to our attention and done it, do it in such a way that is. Uh, enlightening, entertaining, and so much more. So I really appreciate your work. appreciate you being here on, on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You're very welcome. Uh, we speak with Signe Beaumont. 
Uh, the film is called My Love Affair with Marriage. And uh, anytime, come back, join us again. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great honor and pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.